You're listening to the Bible Rundown. It's day number 60, numbers 20 through 22, and our friend David Cottle is back from North Africa. What's up, David? Not much. Here we go, numbers 20 through 22. Maybe <clears throat> maybe some of the most important passages of Scripture in numbers, definitely the most preachable passages in numbers, because you can get to Christ pretty easily. David, what do you see in these passages? So the, the theme of water comes back full fold, right? So we, we see this recurring theme of how God saves his people through water. Um, we see Noah, obviously, we've talked about that, right? right? God's salvation through judgment there. Moses saved through the water. Right. Um, again, the ark imagery for, for the term being the basket he was put in. And then they cross over the Red Sea. Yeah. And then now here they are, they're thirsty. And we've seen it before. God provides water from a rock. This time, though, Moses is going to get in trouble. Why, Rob, does God <clears throat> command Moses here not to strike the rock like he did before? So here's here's what I think, and 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 you can tell me if I'm wrong here, but I, I believe that these pictures are all pointing us to Christ. And so the picture of the ark and what you mentioned is is God's salvation through judgment the pictures of us walking through the path of the Red Sea as God parts the sea and makes us to be able to walk on the path is is the path of righteousness which is done through Christ the way to God and you you see all these things these pictures in the Old Testament you know the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, during the Passover, all these pictures of Christ. And I see this as a picture of Christ where Moses strikes the wa- the rock and the water gushes out of the wa- the rock. And, and uh, we, we see this picture of when Christ is struck, you know, the spirit coming upon his church. And, and we see these, 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 these pictures. And when we talk about the pictures about Christ, but then when God tells tells Moses to do something or someone else in the Old Testament and they don't do it, they mess the picture of Christ up. And so instead of speaking to the rock, which Christ has already been crucified on the cross, we don't need to crucify him again. Rather, we need to call to him to uh, give us what we need. Um you know, the picture is that we need to call out to Christ, who is the one who gives life, who gives his spirit. And um, instead, he strikes him again. Yeah. And uh, we'll come back to that to connect it because there's another strong image of Christ in chapter 21, right? The bronze serpent. So the people, once again, complaining against God. Uh, complaining against Moses to God, right? Essentially saying, why have you brought us back out here into the wilderness? Where's the food? We're thirsty. God disciplines his people through these fiery serpents who come through the camp. And Moses gives us another strong picture pointing us to the work of Christ. But what are we to make of the bronze serpent being put up on the pole? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, You know, God, God is almost done with the complaining. There's so much complaining through these numbers, these numbers passages, and it's again 
Uh, God has provided for them again miraculously through water from a rock, and yet they're still complaining of food and water. God has brought the manna from the sky, and they're still complaining. And he sent the fiery serpents. I mean, when we think of the serpent, right, we think of Satan in the Garden of Eden, yet God is sending the serpents upon his people. It's it's kind of a weird text, but John tells us that 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 it's that it's picturing Christ again. Yeah, John three, fourteen through fifteen. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. And that's not even uh John, he's recording, these were the words that Jesus spoke to Nicodemus right before he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So you're right. I mean, it's it's pointing us all the way forward to the work of Christ on the cross. Yeah, and 1 Corinthians 10.4 is, is where we get the, the spiritual rock was Christ. Um, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10.4, um, and they all drank from the spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. And uh, talking about Moses. And and, and so, anyway, all these pictures are giving us Christ. David, what do you think, why do you think the fiery serpent, why do you think God chose the fiery serpent on the pole? Why didn't he choose something else? Do you you have any thoughts on that? I mean, that's a hard question. Yeah, I mean, I... I could reach and say it's it's to maybe remind us of the curse of the serpent, right? right. He will strike your heel, yeah. but the seed of a woman is going to crush his head. Amen. And so I think it it could be an allusion to the fact that, yeah, the bronze serpent is up there on this pole, but it's not Satan that's being exalted. It's the snake right. crusher, Jesus himself, that's going to put an end right. to the curse forever. Yeah, and, and, and I like how you said that. And the one who is the righteous one will actually have to take on the sin from the serpent, right? Mm-hmm. The sin of the world, which came through the serpent, Christ actually takes upon himself as the, the wrath of God is poured out upon him for the sins of mankind. Yeah, and it's interesting, just like one aside... <clears throat> Uh, I learned this in my seminary class last fall, but these recurring words of pull is the same word that's used for banner and for signal, right? So stick with me here. The first time Moses struck the rock was in Exodus 17, right? Right. At Horeb. And so the Lord instructs him at that point, he was to strike the rock, not to speak to it, but to hit it. And water came forward. And God says, I'll stand before you on that rock. So it's almost as if Moses is striking through the Lord, the mm. rock. Mm. So again, maybe an image of Christ will be struck physically on the cross. Mm. He'll, he'll, be, he'll, he'll die, um, but through him, right, will come living water through his death. But then after striking the rock, they go on and battle Amalek. They win, and Moses gives us... The Lord is my banner memorial song, right? Ooh, so banner, good. you've you've preached on this in the past, but banner's the same word as pole mm. that we see here in Numbers 21. Right. So let's connect those together, right? If the same word is being used for both, then the pole that saves is also the banner of victory, right? Amen. And so the cross is, yes, an instrument through which the Lord was crucified and dies a gruesome death, but for the Christian faith, 
it is the instrument or the picture of victory. And the same word is used in Isaiah 11, verses 11 through 12, where God talks about he will bring all the nations together. And in verse 12, he says, I will raise a signal, which is the same word as pole or as banner for the nations. So the cross of Christ is this thing that gives us eternal life. And it's not just for Israel, it's for all nations. And so again, Moses telling the people, look to the serpent. Jesus in his own words in John 3 saying, if you look upon the son of man that will be lifted up on the cross and exalted, right? Right. To conquer sin. That's where our faith rests is in the work of Christ. Amen. Amen, brother. That that's that's good stuff. In twenty two, we come to Balak and Balaam. Interesting story here, and we'll get into it more tomorrow. So make sure you turn tune back in tomorrow. But the donkey speaks. <laughs> is and, it like Shrek? And you know, I mean, when you think about this, the donkey is talking, and God is using animals to speak to to the prophet. It's just as this turn of events in which God is like almost saying, "You are like a donkey." In, in what you're doing, and yet God is, is saying to Balaam, you're being like a donkey, not listening to, to what I'm actually saying, but in, in essence, I will speak through the donkey instead of you. Like, God is saying that Balaam is like a donkey in whom he speaks through. It's interesting. Well, and it, and it goes back to this idea, too, of who can know the Lord? Only those who the Lord has chosen to reveal himself to, Right. right? Um, so we get down to 2231, and again, we're going to talk a lot more about Balaam, but it's not until the Lord opens his eyes to see this angel in the way that he encounters the Lord firsthand. Before that, the donkey is fully aware of the presence of this angel blocking the path and is terrified, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so a good spiritual reminder for us, we need the eyes of the Lord. We need to have our eyes enlightened by the Lord so that we can know his truth. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow. Bible Rundown.